Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. So glad that you've chosen to join us today. My name is Ed Taylor. I'm your host this afternoon. And the number to dial is 303-690-3000. Taking your calls and your questions this afternoon. And uh, you can... Text us uh, 24-7, 24-7, you can text us, and the number to do that is 720-336-0897, 720-336-0897, and we're taking your calls and your questions, just encouraged in the things of the Lord together, knowing that God has a a plan for each time we gather on the show. Each time we're here, God is working through His Holy Spirit, ministering the Word, encouraging, uplifting, growing us in grace. And the Lord is so faithful, so good to us, that He might minister His love, His mercy, His grace, in all that we are part of. So give me a call. 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000 is the number. Uh, you guys know the show. If you call early, then the phone lines are open. They're open much more early than they are later in the show. And because of that, you want to call early, so give us a call. 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. Let me go over and check my call screen. All right, so we're good to go. Hey, I want to invite you to service tonight. We have midweek Bible study, and uh, it's a, such a great time. Uh, it's a little different than our midweek Bible study, or than our weekends, uh, because we pray together, we have communion available, uh, we're in a different book of the Bible. We're going to, uh, if you've never studied through a genealogy before, you know how when you're going through and you're reading the Bible through in the year, and then you come up on the list of genealogies, I mean this one right here, Genesis chapter 10, it would be really easy to skip over it. And I understand why. Uh, at first glance, the the names don't mean all that much or are you know hard to pronounce or uh, just you know who wants to read a family tree like this one seventy different members seventy different families mentioned in Genesis chapter ten but I'm here to tell you that if I do my job right and exercise the gift of pastor teacher right tonight's study will be very interesting it will be very fruitful 
And there are not only are, is great information, because it's a factual, genealogies are factual. Um, and, and quite frankly, as I was putting this together and refining it late last night and today, um, it could be a couple weeks. I could, I could do a couple weeks in chapter 10. I could probably do at least three weeks in the genealogy, breaking up the sons of Noah, you know, Japheth, Ham, and Shem, or Shem and Ham, I think is the order. No, Ham and Shem. I don't remember which order. But I probably could do three. Um, I could probably do three different um, studies, at least three different 45-minute studies. But I'm not. Uh, we're not uh, breaking it down that deep. But I'm telling you, I do believe I, the Lord has a word. So come on out. Calvary Church, we meet at 7 p.m. Uh, that's mountain time. Wherever you're listening to me right now, that's mountain time, 7 p.m. In Denver, you need a church home. Come on out. You need somewhere to go on a Wednesday night. Come on out. Resurrection Coffee is open early. Uh, we have third. We have a third wave coffee house with the best coffee beans and the uh, cold brew and um, whatever they, I forget what they call it, uh, nitro, um, fancy. You know, Kurt and his team, they do such a great job just loving you through their gifting of making drinks for you. Uh, and all the proceeds... Uh, in our coffee, in our coffee house, in our bookstore, go to missions. All the net proceeds after we pay all our bills and supplies and such, they all go to missions. So at the end of the year, our missionaries get an extra check on top of the support. So it's a really cool deal because you don't get that. You know, uh, if you're buying on a uh, Amazon, you don't. They're not supporting missions. They might be supporting charities, but not missions. Not specific missions, whether it's Brazil. Or the Amazon forest, rainforest, or it's, um, you know, uh, I could go on and on with all the countries that we support. Um, but um, we don't just support countries, we support people. At any rate, if you want to watch us from around the country, even around the world, go to our website, Calvary CO, that stands for Colorado, calvaryco.church. That is a valid website. They have the dot church ending now calvaryco.church or you can download our app that's what i suggest you do download our app we have a brother now uh, that is um, tasked with just making sure our our um, notifications are are out regularly and just taking care of business uh, and he i notice a lot more uh, and a lot more focused and a lot more notifications are going on not too many um, but enough to communicate. We're an, we're an over-communicating church because we don't want you to be left out. 303-690-33, uh, excuse me, 303-690-3000. And I see a couple lines are full already. And then text me, 720-336-0897. Um, also, I just want to mention before I get to the phone lines that uh, welcome everyone listening on Radio by Grace network on the grace fm network you guys are listening live welcome everyone on the higher rock radio truth fm network hope fm uh, we've been friends for a long time been on your network for a long time welcome you guys are hearing it one week delayed but you can call the show while it's on and you'll talk to the host live uh, and so call us we want you to be a part of it we're going to start in colorado uh in centennial uh don't know who this is what do you want to share your name um, hi, yes, my name is Michelle. Hi, Michelle. Welcome to the program. Thank you. So um, my, I guess my request is um, 
how to deal with someone who, uh, my son recently rebuked me for some of my behaviors toward my husband, who's a non-believer. Okay. All right. And um, I am having a really hard time accepting it because I feel that it's un- some of it is unwarranted. I mean, you know, spot it, you got it. I mean, of course, if he says it, I'm going to, you know, look at it and um, examine it and talk with the spiritual counselor about it. Okay. But I'm, my first reaction is resentment. And so uh-huh. I just would love some guidance on how to deal with that, please. Well, that's a good question. I mean, it's a little bit big for a radio program, right? It's because it takes some time to sort some things out. But let me just ask the obvious question, okay? All right. Can I ask you a hard question? Sure, I may cry. Okay, <laughs> no, 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 I don't want you to cry. But let's just let's just talk it through, just so I can get a feel for it. Was it was he right? Partially. Okay. Yes. So, on some so then, yes. some of the pain that you're feeling is the way it was delivered. Correct. Okay. Have you told him that? No, I've just shut down. Is it is it that a normal? How old is, how old is your son? Twenty-two. He just graduated from Bible college, and okay. he's got all the answers. So. Oh, I know. Yeah. yeah. So did I one time. Oh. Boy, back when I was younger, I knew so much more than I do now. <clears throat> so I totally get that. I was very zealous. Uh, very. Uh, I I can understand that place and position where you have a lot of information and you just got to learn how to deliver it. Because in the early days, let me just speak to that for a second. In the early days, when you gain all this knowledge. The goal is just to deliver it, just get it out, just speak the truth to the situation. But as you well know, with some of the years that are on, you know, that have matured you and grown you, uh, that it's not so much the need to deliver it, it's the need that it's received and that it's received in love, like that you know that you, and I know your boy loves you, Um, he's just needing to learn how to deliver information for real life change. Um, because I think even listening to you, um, you want life change and you're even willing to admit. I mean, there's humility in your in your answer because you're willing to admit, yeah, some of what he said was right. Uh, and and so in response, you also said you shut down. Is that a familiar yeah. coping mechanism that you've used your whole life? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Can I ask you another hard question? Okay, go ahead. How's it working for you? Well, I just keep things bottled up, and then, like a yeah. pressure cooker, it just spits out. And then yeah. it goes all the way out. I mean, that's a predictable question and answer, isn't it? It's not working well at all. Um, no. uh, it's a protection. You know, you're protecting yourself. You're, you know, whatever. What, however you're using it, I think that there's avoidance in all of us to some degree. And... And so I like to sort these things out because when they're all together, then it's just all overwhelming. But you've got an issue with how you deal with things. You've obviously got an issue with your husband. You've got an issue with your son. Your son's got some issues. And so if you, you know, as you sort them all out, which one do you want to handle first? I'm, I know which one I'm going to handle first. So hopefully you'll answer correctly. But which one do you want to handle first? Probably the shutdown. Yeah, you're right. You can only handle you. Right, you're the only one that has almost complete control over yourself. Like you're the one that really has to focus on God. What are you doing? I've got some concerns with my husband, how he treated me, but I don't control that. I only control how I respond. 
And then I have some issues with my boy and didn't like what he said. I especially didn't like the way he said it. So I'll just remove myself and hopefully it'll pass and we'll all just move on and we'll, you know, we'll talk again soon, but we'll never really resolve anything. And, and it just doesn't work. You know, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 18, Jesus said that we, if our brother sins against us, we're to go to that person alone, you know, individually, share the concern. And then Jesus says, if your brother hears you, you've won your brother. And I think that that's the piece that I want you to choose. And since it was probably most hurtful in this one was your son, I think you probably should pray and, Mm -hmm. you know, for the right timing and reach out to your son, take him out for a cup of coffee. So it's some neutral place and, you know, buy him breakfast, get a cup of coffee. However, some, some environment like that where you're just blessing him because you love him. He's your boy. You want the environment to be in case, you know, gets out of control or anything. You're public and just say, son, you know, she, he might like, mom, what are we doing here? You don't ever do this. I know I'm trying something new, son. What you said really made sense to me the other day. Um, there was so much of what you said was right. And, and then I even called for help and I, and, and this guy gave me some advice. So I'm trying to follow, you know, just taking it along those roads. It's non-combative, non-confrontational. You're not escalating. You're just sharing your mom heart with your boy. And of course, in this particular conversation, there is going to be a, but right. There is going to be a tra- transition. Uh, you're going to accentuate the positive of what he shared. He loves you, cares for you, wants you to treat your husband properly. However that is. And, and then there is the but, but son, like you really offended me the way you told me, or you really offended me the way you said it, or how you treated me. It just made me feel X, Y, Z. And you're just, you know, being very, very clear with him and leave it open. You know, he might be defensive. Uh, he might shut down. He might have learned how to shut down from you, you know, as a mom. And he may, he may shut down. But again, you know what? You guys are on a different path. Like you're choosing to do something different. You're choosing to step into pain. You're choosing the uncomfortable. And you just know the Holy Spirit's going to meet you there. And it's not everything won't be solved overnight. But you're taking claim. You're laying claim back to a place. Like shutting down takes away your voice. And shutting down takes away your opinion. And shutting down doesn't solve anything. Like it's, There's so many things that actually just hurt you let alone your relationship. So that now you're like, no, I'm not, I don't, I God, it's, I'm, I'm 99% shut down right now, but I'm willing to use the 1% to try this and, you know, ask God for courage and ask God for wisdom and, and not even be too worried. Don't be too worried about the words you're going to use because the Jesus gave this promise to the disciples that when they went out and shared the gospel, they didn't need to worry about what they would say. If they got brought before these rulers and they were nervous and didn't know what to say. They didn't need to worry about it because God was with them. Jesus was going to be with them. And he's with you even in a greater way because he dwells in you. And I think as you begin to approach in love, uh, like only a mom can, right? You, You can love your boy in a very unique way. No one else loves your son like you do. Uh, Use that to your advantage um, and see how it goes. Thank you. Yep. And that was the third time I heard that passage referenced in the, in less than 24 hours. So well, there you are. I think, uh, yep. 
Because you know, if I was you, God? <laughs> I, if I, which passage, Matthew or the don't worry about what you're going to say? Matthew 18. I would I would suggest that you take out a three by five card or a piece of paper, write it down and memorize it. And I'll tell you why, because when you hide God's word in your heart, the Holy Spirit, if you think about your heart in your life, like a like a well, like a well of water and the Holy Spirit, like you're you're in a in the heat of the moment. You know, it's easy to talk right now, even though you were kind of feeling like maybe you might cry. I mean, in the heat of these arguments, you, your emotions are going to run at high high levels. So, you know, when you have God's word in your heart, it can overwhelm your emotions so you can stay in the truth. It's not like you'll stop feeling that. Of course, you're going to feel it, but it doesn't have to control you. Yeah. And so it's Matthew eighteen fifteen, And here's what it says. We'll just let it speak. It says, moreover... If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he hears you, you've gained your brother. And, you know, you could deliver that too differently, right? You could, you, you could, uh, you know, buy a cup of coffee for your son and be there. And you go, you know what, you know what, boy, you have been this way your whole life. You have always disrespected me. You, I can't believe it. And here another time, now you're back from Bible college and you're a big head and you got all this information and you're I mean, I mean, you could choose to do that, but you know, that ain't going to work. Um, no. That might, that's the same thing. Like it, it, it gets, you're saying the, the, the facts, but like as a mom, you just want to appeal to your boy. You love him. You want, not only do you want to help him how he relates to you, but you also want to help him how he relates to other people. Yep. That's true. That's a good point. Thank you. You're Thank welcome. You very now, much. Now, on the other right. things, you know, things with your husband in your local church, maybe you and your husband could sit down and start sorting things out just within your marriage, have nothing to do with your boy, just, you know, that love and respect within a marriage. When it's lacking, we do all kinds of bad things to each other and to our spouse. All of us do. Every yep. single one of us. All right. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. And... um I feel a lot better already, interestingly oh, enough, to feel lightened, like my burden's been lifted a little bit. So The Lord is good that now way. Just, now God just has to go before me before I open my mouth. <laughs> he will. You know, sometimes, too, another tool that I use personally, because I do have to go, I do have to have a lot of hard discussions. And if I have, hard, if I have a hard discussion or I know I, I write down just a few things on a piece of paper and that, that's all, I, I just stick to what I wrote down. Um and I, you know, like, I don't want to get caught because I get emotional too, or I get hurt or I get angry or whatever emotion might want to take root to, because basically, look, this is, this is what we're dealing with. And then I'll let you go. What, what we're dealing with is we have a real enemy who doesn't want us close to each other. That's the bottom line. He wants us divided. He wants us angry. He wants us bitter. And like you said, one of your first emotions that rises up to the top is resentful. That's where he wants, he wants us to live there. Because he knows that when we're unified, when we're fighting on the same team, when we're resolving things, when we're walking in agape love, you can't stop the church, man. You can't stop that. That is a force that is unstoppable. So he gets us involved in all this stuff that's that's normal, but we just don't work it out. Yeah. And, yeah. and so here's, here's another thing. Email me. Uh, ed at edtaylor.org and I can send you all kinds of resources whenever I hear the word resentment 
it always comes to forgiveness. And maybe resentment is just a reminder that there are things that your son's done in the past that you never forgave him for. Yep. Yeah, probably going after me with the knife. That probably would be the one. That would be a problem. I mean, and that but was a I mean, long time it, ago. I mean, think about that. Think about that. If that's never been resolved and worked through, I, mean, I would imagine that your son going after you with a knife was not his Bible college days, right? No, not at all. Before, and, way before. Right, and so like if that's an unresolved hurt in you, and I know you kind of chuckle, but that's also a a, a protection mechanism, you know. Um, because it was very yep. damaging to you. It's one of the first thing that came in your mind. And, yes. And you know that that it would be very, very helpful. And, and you know, I could already anticipate, that, Mom, that's in the past. And and you, you could easily say, yeah, but you know what, son, I've never really resolved it. And that's my fault. So can we resolve it now? Yep. I mean, it's, it's amazing what humility will do. So, Father, I pray for my sister just layer after layer of things you're unveiling in her life and knowing God that you have a plan for her life. It's good and not evil. It's a future and a hope. And even as a few moments on the radio, how quick you, you as spirit can use in our lives to minister to the depths of our soul and give us direction and help. So I pray that you go before as she seeks to obey you in these difficult scenarios in his, in her life, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. You're welcome. I all you do for, for all of us. Thank you. Bye-bye. Yeah, it's really good. I think um, how important it is to sort... You might even hear me do it on the radio. If I'm not... If I don't, then, you know, remind me to do it. But really challenging things are one reason why they become so overwhelming is they're layer upon layer upon layer, and it's important to separate them all. I'll give you a real uh, common one, uh, you guys that are married. You guys that are married, here's a real common one. There is an importance in the difficulty in your marriage when you're resolving it. There is this, an absolute importance to tell the difference between... Number one, regular marriage issues that all marriages go through. And number two, what is related directly to the crisis. If you don't make those distinctions, and by the way, regular marriage issues far outnumber crisis issues. I don't, I, I'm, I'm making a number up, but let's just say for every hundred why do you not clean up after yourself? Why didn't you do the dishes? I can't believe you were rude to me. You, All those things. For every hundred of those, there is one crisis issue. But when you're in crisis, it doesn't feel that way, does it? When you're in crisis, it feels like there's a hundred and million crisis issues. And then you start hearing things. Well, he never does that. She always does that. And you know, when you start hearing uh, exaggerated words like never and always, you just know you're not walking in reality because it's not true. It's not always, and it's not never. Ever, that's not true. I mean, it, at least one time in the span of your marriage, it was one good thing, you know, so it's not, but we exaggerate so that we can make a, have a bigger point over the argument. And then the other person exaggerates, and then you exaggerate. And before you know it, 
you guys are so far apart and it was just a normal marriage issue, not a crisis. So sort them out, dealing with one, one by one. And believe me, Michelle, uh, when she sorts out this one, she'll have enough strength to sort out the next one. And the next one, before you know it, she'll be in a much better place of walking in the spirit and not, um, no, not, what, what did she say? Withdrawing, shutting down. Because um, she'll just learn, I don't need to shut down, I can live. I can face these difficulties. I can speak my mind. I can express myself. It's pretty cool. All right, let's head over to Pennsylvania. Pam, welcome to the program. Pam dropped. Uh, she had a question about son following prophets. There's a lot of people that claim to be prophets today. They're not. Don't listen to them. They're false prophets. That's that. The Old Testament position and office of prophet is doesn't exist anymore. So all these yahoos on TV and YouTube claiming to be prophet in that sense uh, are not prophets at all. And they've all made one mistake. So they're, if they are a prophet, they're false prophets. They're In the Old Testament, they were to be stoned, but for us, we're just to reject them. And then there's always those that go, well, wait a minute, Ed, wait a minute. What about the New Testament? People are called prophets. Um, what about that? Well, yeah, the prophets in the New Testament, the New Covenant, are exercising the gift of prophecy. They're speaking forth the Word of God. And in the New Testament, since the Word of God wasn't spoke, wasn't written yet, they're speaking forth the Word of God as it was happening. Um, and then it was written. So yeah, of course, they were operating in that gift. And remember, remember, and I've been teaching this on our weekend study, so I actually even posted a couple articles on edtaylor.org. If you just go to my website, edtaylor.org, it has to be .org, and put the word profit in the search bar. Um, I did a couple of uh, very important topics. Uh, let me hear. I'm going to find it. I'll give you the titles. And we're going to get back to the phone lines, you guys. But we're coming up on the already a half hour, uh, the first half of the program. So I, I posted, uh, what is the gift of prophecy? Uh, operating in the prophetic. Ten characteristics of a false prophet and a false teacher. Four marks of a false teacher and a false prophet. Ten verses about false prophets and teachers. Um, a minister ought to speak as the prophet of God. Uh, and those are the top hits. And I, I, I know that they'll bless you. They've getting a lot of traction, uh, a lot of people reading them, because this is the new popular thing, especially when it came to the president and my pillow guy and predicting all this, and this is going to happen, this is going to happen. And some real, you know, remember the book industry, the publishing, the Christian machine props people up because they sell books. And the more... They sell books, they sell advertising, and the more um, uh, popular, the more provocative, uh, the more, you know, this is what's going to happen to the United States of America. And then it doesn't happen, and they, oh, wait a minute, I, I meant this is going to happen, and then it doesn't happen. Oh, I meant this is going to happen. And, and, you know, people on YouTube now, because in the last days, the Bible says that there'll be men and women raising up for themselves teachers. Uh, that tickle their ears. So now people, uh, well, yeah, this guy goes to heaven all the time and tells me, well, that's that's nonsense. I don't even know what else to say. That is nonsense. Um, here are some 10 characteristics of a false prophet. You ready? What they say doesn't line up with God's word. What they say does not line up with the facts. What they say does not line up with the truth. Uh, what they say does not honor Jesus, and they draw pe- draw that, draw you after them. What they say doesn't make any biblical sense. What they say is appealed, uh, filled with appeals for your money. What they say are on behalf of God is just wrong. Uh, 
What they say does not reflect the words or teachings of Jesus. They claim to go to hell and heaven many times, as if they like have a key, and they can just go in and out any time they want, um, with weird, unverifiable information. And their lives produce rotten fruit, like Jesus said. That's all on my website. I it, Those are the points, but I um, elaborated on them to help you uh, understand. So we're coming up on a break, just a few seconds away. Uh, we're going to get back to the phone lines. Uh, Matt, you'll be next up, so hang out. <clears throat> we'll be right back. This is Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor. Glad you joined us. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, welcome back everyone to the second half. I know the sometimes the halves go by so quickly and we are grateful to be on the air. If you're just tuning in, heading home or just turning on the radio, you have tuned into a radio program that is broadcast live from the studios here at Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado. We have a radio station, uh, a, a couple of radio stations uh, that we've called Grace FM, and Calvary Live is broadcast live and recorded here uh, for you when it's for you stations Truth and Hope in Higher Rock um, that broadcast the recorded version. But on Radio by Grace Network and Grace FM, you're hearing it live. Calvary Church is a ministry here at 22, almost 23 years old. I have the privilege of pastoring. Uh, we just got back from a pastor's getaway. Uh, we're the team here. We got away uh, together to encourage one another, to enjoy one another, to eat together. Um, uh, we didn't do much singing this time, uh, but we did do a st- uh, some study and discussion on uh, what it means to be a shepherd. And I got a new book uh, to read and just to grow as we can become better shepherds. Uh, and um, the guy, guys, I didn't participate because I'm not a big uh, board game player, but the guys were playing a lot of board games and uh, enjoying some friendly competition. Uh, and then we went off and threw axes. I don't know if you've ever done that before, but that was kind of interesting. Um, so we spent some time throwing axes. And yes, uh, we couldn't help but at the end have some little friendly competition. And yes, I lost. Not very good at throwing axes. But I did get better throughout the day, um, but didn't do too well. I lost. 303-690-3000. Uh, coming back to Colorado, Matt, welcome to the program. For taking my thread. You're welcome. What's up? I, uh, you know, I've listened to um, uh, one of the messages you had uh, a while back was yes. to look at your relationship with Christ almost as if he's right next to you, sitting in the car at all times, um, knowing what you're thinking, knowing what you're going to say. Sure. And uh, I, in my re-kind of commitment in my relationship with Christ, I used um, the the water baptism last Wednesday uh-huh. uh, as a as a point a turning point for me yes that represented a new uh, a new relationship of yes. complete transparency with Christ okay 
uh, no more faking it. Good. <laughs> you know, the, yes. the way that I've been living it, it's just not been working. So in that, I have a question. Okay. And so when it involves, like, God, it says in the Bible that, uh, you know, to have a thought, to have an evil thought, these things are come into our heads, and, and there's a difference between having it, uh, an affair of the heart, let's say, or a thought of the heart versus just a thought of the mind passing through. And wow, I'll tell you, since Wednesday, um, I, I, I think Satan's just been having a ball with trying to mess my head up on the subject. I'm probably overthinking it, but could you okay. clarify that for me? And what is that? Re- you know, if the, if it, let's just say I'm, I, I see a group of, of ladies walking down the street, yes. and, and your brain as a human, and you go, and so where does that stop between, yeah. between being a sin and, and not because we're humans and I can't help it? Uh, <laughs> where do we yeah, go? Well, that's where a good question. So let's paint a, let's paint a picture. Let's first of all, just let's, let's step back and just consider a little bit as you learn. You're going to learn more and more on this, but let me give you an aspect. God gave me a, a little vision while you were talking. That I want to share with you. Let's go back to the baptism, okay? Um, yeah. You were you walking into the waters of obedience. It is a turning point in your life. You really not only want it to be, but you acknowledge it as such. And you made a conscious decision and effort and willingness to live a different way, to live like Pastor Chuck Smith used to teach us, um, and he still does, you know, even though he's in heaven that it's important that we live with the consciousness of God, that we recognize and and acknowledge him all the time, everywhere, like he's with us, just like you described. Beautiful description. Now, you would expect, so let's, get, let's turn the corner on that. I think it's unreasonable to expect that a decision like that would yield just a tremendous feeling, uh, you know, that more obedience would be less uh, hassle, Um, you know, like if we do good, then we're going to experience good and that we would have less temptation, less difficulties, right? Is that a natural conclusion? Uh, yes, but I know better than to expect that. Of course. (laughs) I I was really ready for this, but I had no idea it was going to hit me in this category. So this is what, this is what's happening. You know, when you line your life up with a straight stick, if you put two sticks down on the ground, a straight one and a sort of straight one, the straight one is going to reveal just how crooked the other one is. Yeah. Right. So as you align yourself day by day, you're growing, you like the, it's counterintuitive because even Paul, the apostle dealt with this. You would think of all that Paul did and all that Paul was a part of and everything that he experienced and how many years he served God that toward the end of his life, he would say, man, I've mastered so much. It's been so much better. And, and I'm sure in areas it was. But by the time he writes his, one of his last letters, he says, I am the chief of all sinners. Um, this is my conclusion of my life. Like, I, I just know in walking in unity with Jesus, I'm just the chief of all sinners. And now, with that in mind, you know, you're, you're now, so you're, you're measuring your life by the straight stick. And one thing just comes to the top. It's you're looking at girls or seeing a pretty woman. Um, you know, right. you're looking at f- female women and, and you're noticing beauty in them or anything that you're noticing. And, and you say, well, where's the limit? The limit is lust. It is a sin to lust 
over women, that you're not your wife. It is a sin. It, it is and that's a, that thought is allowed to move past just simply. Because I do, I go, uh, oh, that's she's pretty. Yes, great. Thanks. How about the math? I got to study for whatever. You know. Well, yeah. I, I mean, immediately switch that topic as quick as I can. That, that's a that's, that's a okay. very important that's distinction because you if that if it's if that thought would not be allowed it it wouldn't be allowed because that's a passive word if with that thought you chose to entertain it you chose to take it to its end result you chose to say okay there's a there's a woman there she's attractive and and then you chose to run with that you chose to think about that you chose to linger you chose. Like it's your choices. I mean, let, let's face it. I'm my wife. I was attracted to my wife by her looks. That was the first thing I ever noticed about her. Um, very honest with her about that. She knows it. Um, it is still the thing I notice about her. But I know so much more about her now and her personality and her everything about her. She's a wonderful woman. But God is smart in making us attractive to one another. Um, otherwise, we may never connect with each other. So men are attractive to women. Women are attractive to men. Um, and then God puts guidelines. And he says, look, you're, I'm sending you out into a world where there's mutual attraction. But there are, there are limitations on that attraction because sin can be involved when you see people as an object. When you see people as a means to an end. When you see people as just merely... Like when you see... I know it, you would have to have some kind of relational aspect. Let's say it's in a workplace, you know, and you have some attractive woman to you, some woman's attractive in the office, you know, in the office, and you have some semblance of relationship. The The way that you approach that woman is not her attractiveness. She's much deeper than that. The way you approach that woman is out of agape love. It's out of sacrificial service. It is out of, I'm not just paying attention to you because I was attracted to you. I'm not just spending time there. I'm not just looking at you or staring at you or disrespecting you because you're attractive. Okay, let's. you're attractive. Okay, now let's move on. How can I serve you? How can I help you? How can I help you? And as you make those choices, you will find that new habits are developed and you will find that you value. Remember what the Bible says later on. It says, hey, you know, treat the older women like your mother's. Treat the younger women like your sisters. Like remember that they're family. There's someone to serve. There's someone to co-labor with. But if women or you ladies listening, men just become sexual objects, they just become selfish endeavors for some kind of gratification, then you're totally in the realm of sin and you'll be busted and you'll pay the price for it. Okay. Now, this is that helps so much because that really was, it's a breaking of an old habit. Yes. And then, and it's a habit that you just don't. I never even paid attention to it. I just it, never. I just thought it was just that. And it's like, wait, there's a no, there's a stopping point there, and I can stop that thought. So thank you. I was worried that the formation of the thought was a sin. Sorry, up, oh, you know, game's over. You shouldn't have thought of it. Right, I temptation. So temptation is not sin, right? Because even okay. Jesus was tempted. Thank you. And okay, and breaking new habits here. There's a couple things to do in the spirit. This is so cool. Uh, th this is amazing. Some things go right away. Some things go over time. But this is so cool. In the spirit, that habit's already broken. It is done. You are a new creation in Christ. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. But in your humanity, your brain, the physical part of your thinking, 
the the fallen part of your body and how it is not broken. That that's the realm where this is a good example in your life of where the spirit lusts against the flesh. There's a battle going on yeah. between how you used to respond and how God wants you to respond. And now that you've added a straight stick, the baptism, to this particular area of your life, it's much more pronounced. Yeah. All right. And it is also much, I just feel better. I just feel like, wow. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it just feels like, it feels like Jesus has his arm around me a lot yeah. more. That's so good. <laughs> yes. Um, because I, I've made that commitment that it's total transparency and it's, it's following his words. So thank That's right. you. You're just fantastic. You've been so helpful. Thank you for being the, you know, the voice piece of the Holy Spirit and, and the word. Thank you. You're welcome, my brother. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you. Have a great one. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, let's head over to East Coast now on Hope FM. Jesse, welcome to the program. Hi. Hey, Jesse. I'm okay. How are you? Good. I just have a quick question about um, a verse in the Bible that says, do not add or take away from the Word of God. I believe it's in Revelation and in some other places, and I was wondering what that means um, because I feel like a lot of people— you know, use analogies, or, you know, there's also um, Christian movies that add to the Bible. Is that a sin, and is that adding or taking away from His Word? That's a great question, uh, because you even even nailed a a few of the nuances that would go on with this. So let's take it at its most literal form first, and say that God is forbidding you and me of adding anything to the Bible and saying that it is the Bible. Does that make sense? So, for example, what are the numbers of your address? Not, I don't need the street or anything, but just what's the numbers of your house? 107. Okay, so 107. That is the absolute. Absolute. You live at 107. So the rule, the, the command is do not add or subtract to the address of Jesse. So if I say your address is 1071. And I say, that is your address. I have, and I, I, I claim it to be the literal address that you just told me is 107. And I claim that now no longer is it 107. I am making it 1071. That is forbidden. That is what's forbidden. So if I say the Bible is 66 books, but I have a seventh, 67th book, then I am adding to the Bible. If I say, I know that the New King James Bible, as it's interpreted correctly, represents the Word of God, but I also want to give you the Book of Mormon, and that's more important than the Bible. That's adding to the Bible. Um, If you try to misinterpret Scripture through adding of tradition, or, you know, the Bible says God so loved the world, but you say God so loved the world, but he hated uh, you know, if you add, like, so the adding and subtracting has to do with messing with the pure, adulterated, absolute word of God. Are you with me so far? Yeah, yeah, it makes okay. a lot of sense. So the analogies, so let's go to the analogies. If an analogy is used or a picture is used, and the, again, the teaching style of Jesus was such where he used word pictures. If the analogy is used to help explain what the Bible says, then that wouldn't be adding to it because you're trying to you're trying to help somebody understand what was written. Uh, if I say, uh, you know, like I like I did on the previous call, um, if I use an, a picture like a stick and 
and a straight stick shows the crooked stick and and that's a good picture of sin you know if i said but that's in uh revelation chapter 23 well you know there is no revelation 23 um but the analogy to help a brother understand what it means that the longer you walk with god like paul right i was kind of illustrating a picture with paul the longer he walked with the Lord, the more of a sinner he saw himself, not less. So analogies, yeah. as long as the analogies are not claiming to be the written word of God, then you know we're just trying to explain ourselves um, and make the written word, um, you know, like like the. Let's go back to the illustration one hundred seven. Um, you know, if I said you know one hundred seven is right next to one hundred six, um, you know. You know, 106, it's right there to the left. It's to the left, or it's across the street because odd numbers on one side even. And, you know, numbers, just like at the grocery store, it, and I use other numbers to try to help people go 107. Like, I'm not changing 107. I'm trying to help people understand it better. Yeah. And then yeah. the other example, I kind of don't like myself. And I'll just go on record. I don't like movies that claim to be teaching something biblically and they take extreme, um, what's that word? Creative license. Yeah. And I don't like movies that confuse me like that. Like, like they are following Jesus around and putting words in his mouth that he never said. Um, I do understand it's fiction or, or, you know, I don't even, you know, I don't know if you want to call it fiction. I don't know what you call it. I just don't personally like it. Um, sure. I'm not opposed to other people watching that kind of stuff, but I've tried. I know there's a popular movie series right now that puts a, you know, I tried to watch a couple episodes and I just couldn't do it because yeah. like I would walk away going, I, I mean that that's possible, I guess. I guess we can make Jesus say whatever he wants to say. I mean, whatever we want him to say, it just, I, I have a hard time with it. Is it sinful? No, I don't think it's sinful. Because you're walking in full well knowing, and and I'm sure there's some kind of disclaimer that they're not trying to rewrite the Bible. But if somebody made that and were right, right trying to rewrite the Bible, uh, then I would definitely, you know, reject it. But the other, that's just a preference for me. I can't stand movies like that. Sure. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Thanks. Great. Well, thanks for your question. Yep. Have a great day. All right. Bye-bye. Hey, reminds me, I'm actually going to be out with uh, Pastor Jim Kevney uh, in New Jersey in a couple weeks. I'm going to be with Pastor Ray, and I'm going to be with, uh, or I should say, Pastor Ray Dash in Newark. Uh, and I'm also going to be with Pastor uh, Jim Kevney, and I'm also going to be with Pastor uh, Bobby Hargraves all in one shot. Um, uh, so... I'm looking forward to being out on the East Coast. It's been a long time uh, since I um, since I've been out there, and um, I'm looking forward to being at these churches and serving. And it didn't originally end up that way, but through a series of events, it's it ended up that way very quickly um, because we're doing a mission. Um, Pastor Ian here is taking a team to Newark, and I get to tag along. Uh, because part of his mission is doing some leadership development and training and Q&A and stuff, which I love doing. And Pastor Ian invited me to come along. And uh, so we're going to go out in a couple weeks. So looking forward to being with you guys. 303-690-3000. Let's come back to Miranda uh, here in Aurora, Colorado. Miranda, welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor Ed. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Thank you. 
What can um, I do with I you? I just got a quick question. Um, the I caught the very end of the, the woman who had called about her son um, and just struggling with resentment and forgiveness and things of that nature. And yes. it just, I don't know, maybe it was God touching my heart, but I... I'm, I struggle with forgiving myself. Um, yeah. As a teenager, I'm, I'm a grown woman now. I'm 38 yeah. years old, but I I was a horrible, rotten teenager. Okay. I had a horrible attitude. I was very mousy and disrespectful to my mother. Okay. Um, just rotten. And yes. we've talked about it countless times at this point, and I still feel guilty about it. I still struggle with forgiving myself. She's forgiven me many times over, but I just, I struggle with it because, you know, that's, that's my mom and she's been, I know nobody in this world except for Christ is perfect, but, you know, she was the perfect woman that God put me in her womb. Uh And I just, I, I just, I struggle with the way that I've treated her, things I've said to her and just being quite honestly evil at times. Yes. And I just, I struggle with forgiving myself. And, you know, if if we want God to forgive us, I feel like we, we have to forgive others, but we also need to forgive ourselves. Yeah. And so I just, I struggle with now? that. So I'm just... How old are you, you now? Know, I'm 38. And so you're, you're looking like 20 years between now and the behavior you're talking about? Yes, sir. Have you been living like this for 20 years? Yes, sir. Are there areas, other areas of failure in your life that you haven't forgiven yourself for? Um, is this a habit, yeah. like a normal habit for you? Yeah, about thirteen years ago, I had an abortion. Okay, which I still struggle with. Yeah, and I, you know, I've asked God to forgive me, but I just, I don't think I've fully forgiven myself for mm-hmm. it. I still think about it often, especially with everything happening in the world right now. Yes. And, you know, even being a woman that that has gone down that path, yes. I, I still believe and I know that it's wrong. Yes. And that it is murder, and I still just, I still struggle with it as well. And there, there is forgiveness for that. I know, I know that uh, that's a heavy burden. It's one of the things that um, the... Uh, medical community and the abortion industry and the those that support it it's one of the secrets that they're not willing to come clean with of that just that damage to a psyche and that hurt and pain and and now here you are you know 13 years later really wrestling with it um we only yeah. have a few minutes left so i want to sort this out and give you some resources that will help you but in, in order to to help you understand when you say when you say the phrase I can't forgive myself. What do you mean by that? I just, it just, I had no right, A, to take that baby's life. Sure, my body, my choice, but it really wasn't my body that, I mean, it was, but at the same time, it was another life. It was another body that I took life from. And And just, my mom has just been so wonderful to me. Even right. when I've apologized, she's like, you know, I know you had anger issues growing up. You know, I didn't have a father in the house and yeah. my mom knew that I struggled with anger issues. And, but to me, that's not a justification. No. And, that, and for, you know, un, un, um, unconditional love and forgiveness 
doesn't even move in the realm of justification. Like, so for example, for you to receive forgiveness and also for you to participate in forgiving yourself in that very statement, you are acknowledging there is no justification. The only remedy for these behaviors is to receive the forgiveness of someone who you sinned against, right? And God, when you look at this, your mom has forgiven you, God has forgiven you, and yes, there is forgiveness for abortion. Of course, if today the decision came to you today, you wouldn't choose the same way. I'm no. confident of that. You're not. You you wouldn't. However, we can't go back 13 years, and you were a different person back then, and and you made a choice that that had devastating consequences, and and so we we acknowledge that. And there is no justification. You don't need to worry about that because you know there isn't. There can't be. And if you're talking in the realm of forgiveness and repentance, then um, you know and you you recognize that. Now, this is a couple of things. One, I'm, if you email me, you really do need to. I've got a whole list of resources on the topic of forgiveness. And I did a whole series. We're actually working on our next book right now uh, on how it, to be free from your past. And one of the studies in there, it's basically my Bible studies edited into book form. And one of the studies is, is what do I do with my past? And that's okay. the one I want. I want you to listen to those two studies. There's no condemnation in Christ. And what do I do with my past? And one of the things I say in that study is that you must choose to forgive yourself. It's exactly what we're talking about right now. And here's mm -hmm. how I explain it. And this is what you're dealing with. This is how you're dealing with it. When you refuse, and what I mean by forgive yourself is, and that's why I wanted you to clarify it, is when I say that it's important for Miranda to forgive herself, this is what I mean. What I mean is, is that she surrenders her life to the forgiveness of Jesus Christ and accepts it. And there's no answer. There's no but. There's no Jesus. I know you forgive everything, but not this because I was a horrible teenager. So that's unforgivable. And I made this horrible decision with abortion and that's unforgivable. And so you're, you're approaching it where I'll take all the forgiveness until I, d I can't because I went too far. And Jesus is just going to keep saying, no, you haven't gone too far. All you need to do is accept it. Just receive it and live in it. And, and that doesn't mean the pain's going to go away. It doesn't mean that the regret will dis disappear. But this, the more you look back, the more heavy it's going to be. But the more you look up and forward, you can say, you know, Lord, I have failed. But you don't have to identify yourself as a failure because you're not a failure. You failed. You're not a failure. You're not defined by that behavior. You're not a murderer. Just hear that. You are not a murderer. You are a forgiven woman by the blood of Jesus Christ, who made a horrific decision. It's true, but it doesn't define you. It doesn't define you because Jesus Christ has forgiven you. And if you choose to accept that moment by moment, maybe today you just have to accept it a thousand times, and then tomorrow 999 times, where you're living in forgiveness, because here's what you're doing. And again, I go much deeper in those studies, and email me and I'll show you the links and I'll put a little okay. asterisk of what you should listen to first. And what you're saying is this, Miranda, and I want you to consider it. You're saying this. My sins, the way I treated my mom and what I did 13 years ago with abortion, is so bad 
It is so bad that if I were God, I wouldn't forgive me. And so you choose to be God and you don't accept the forgiveness because you've just found something you're so bad. And it's there's a lot of reasons for that. You know, sometimes it's just the control. Like, uh, I just want to punish myself the rest of my life, even though God doesn't want to punish you the rest of your life. And I just want, mm-hmm. it's so bad. So I don't feel, I, I just, I, until I feel as bad as I made my mom feel, then maybe I'll, won't, you'll never, that'll never happen. <clears throat> never. You'll never feel as bad as your mom did. You'll feel bad in a different way with your own kids and your own life and your own mistakes, but you'll never. And your mom's already like, you know, honey, I already dealt with it. You know, you were hard. I love you. Mm-hmm. I love you unconditionally. I wish you would. Yeah. I wish those days um, could have been different, but who they weren't. And look who we are now. And look at how much yeah. and how much life you have ahead of you. And and again, you know, we've had some heavy questions for radio today, but I think it's enough to say, you know what? Please be glad we're not God and receive. Yeah. You know, Paul had regrets. Peter had regrets. If I look back far enough, man, I just got the worst regrets. It's just, I, I so wish I was different. I wish I would have got saved earlier. I wish a thousand things, but you know what? It's all water under the bridge. I am who I am today, and God's going to use me going forward. So I got to go, Miranda. God bless you, sister. Email me, ed at edtaylor.org. Ed at edtaylor.org. All right? Ed at edtaylor. Thank you so much. You're welcome. You hear the music, guys. We're at church tonight studying the book of Genesis. This was a phenomenal program today. What a great show. I'm so privileged. God bless you guys. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.